Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Talk with KR. A voice, just one voice, for the independent and a place for the independent-minded. Today we're going to talk about the police, protect and serve, and police brutality. But first, let's establish what police officers are not. Police officers did not flutter down and dove like wings from the heavens to bring peace on earth. Nor did they come up from some hole in the ground with horns to wreak havoc in your neighborhood. No, police officers are from your communities. They are your fathers, your mothers, your brothers, your sisters, your uncles, your aunts, your cousins, friends. They are from your communities. And with them, they bring what your community offers them. Their genes, their parental upbringing, and their environment. And then when they come to the academy, they have to be trained to work within certain guidelines. Because one person could be from a neighborhood with a lot, a lot of shootings, and that person might come with a little bit of an edge. Or one person could be maybe a pastor's son and come a little bit passive. Either one on the extreme could be detrimental. Someone too passive might react too late or too slow to react. And that could, be, that could be detrimental to themselves or their partners. Or someone that might be too quick to react. And that's where we get into the brutality and, you know, innocent lives being killed. So they have to be trained. And God did not make us perfect. So we don't expect the training to be perfect. Or them to catch everyone who might be an abuser later on in their career. But they do the best they can. And the academy is set up very strenuously. There's a lot of work they have to do before they go out on the street. And they try very hard to at first weed out those that might cause problems. Like they get lie detector tests. And then they get a psychological evaluation. Once they're through with that, then they go learn the laws. You know, what law they'll be enforcing on the street. Then they have a little bit of criminal investigations. First aid they have to learn. They have to learn how to control traffic. Self-defense, because a police officer is supposed to use just enough force necessary to make the apprehension or arrest. And they're taught techniques with which to do that. Defensive driving. And, of course, physical fitness. Those are some of the things they have to go through in the academy. There might be more, but those are some of the things they have to go through. Now, a trainee sometimes in the academy would go out on the street with a supervisor just to show him or her the ropes. And after they finish with the academy, 
once they first go on the street, they should be with a supervisor. You know, going on different calls still, getting their legs under them. But I want to stay to the public first here. And I'll be speaking both to the regular civilians, the public at large, and our police officers, if they can hear my voice. But uh, I, I don't want people to join too much the police force and the court system. Some people think that police are also responsible or somewhat responsible for the length of time it takes for a trial to be called. That's not true. When a police officer makes an arrest and fill a report out and sends it up, that's it for them. Once the case is called and they don't have a say in when the case is going to be called, they're called just to be a witness like any other witness. And they go up on the stand and they say what they see or what's in their report. And then they're back out on the street. So I just want to take a second to separate that a little bit. But you know, the job is really, really frustrating. And anybody who have any inkling or have been on patrol with a police officer, you can see how frustrating it is. I mean, just to get a call and you're going on a call, your adrenaline starts rising a bit, you know? Domestic disturbance or any call. But police officer gets frustrated a lot when they go on these calls or when a long investigation was going on and then finally they got the evidence they need and they go out to make an arrest and have been looking for this person for a long time because this person is a really bad criminal. And they make the arrest without anybody getting harmed, which they might be pleased about because they didn't know what would happen because he has, you know, he's that type of guy, let's say. And then two weeks later, they see the same guy back out on the street. You can understand the frustration. They say, well, I might have to go do this again. And maybe this time, he wouldn't be so nice. Even though he gave us a hard time, maybe this time he might want to shoot at us. You know? And I, we did all this to put him in, in jail, and he's out in two weeks. So you can see the frustration sometimes with police officers. You know, they're not computers or machines. They're humans, just like anybody else. But I want to talk to police officers right now because I'm going to get into that aspect uh, called brutality. And I want to say to police officers that I know, and I want to tell the public right now, the vast majority of police officers do a good job. There is a minority of police officers 
that makes it bad for everybody. And unfortunately, the media and social media, you know, like the negativity, it sells. So there's an imbalance. Because when the vast majority of police officers is out there, you know, hugging Pa Jackson, uh, saying hello to Ma Johnson, and playing basketball with kids and doing their community service, it's too boring for social media. It's too boring for the 24-7 media. But when a police officer brutalizes someone, it's up there. Now, let me say, if a police officer is brutalizing anybody, I have no problem with it being on social media. I have no problem with it being, being out there. It should be, because they should not be brutalizing the public. However, I am concerned about the imbalance. Because if that's all the public sees, then what do you think the public is going to think? Of course, they're going to think the majority of police officers brutalize the public. Because they see the uniform. They don't know it's Joe that did it and Tony that did not. They're going to look at both Joe and Tony in the same fashion, and that's because of the brutality. Now, to the police officer, if you see something, say something. And this is where brutality starts. It doesn't really start one time you go out there and you shoot somebody in the back, like that guy that ran, was running away unarmed, uh, was threat, wasn't a threat to the community, and he gets shot in the back. It didn't start there. It always has baby steps. So if you're out on patrol, I'm speaking to police officers now, if you're out on patrol and you're about to arrest somebody and you see your partner or another police officer put their knee in the wrong place or their elbow in the wrong place or did something that wasn't called for in that moment, at first, you might, you might not want to go up and report it. But you call him aside. And if you're a good guy, you say, hey, listen, that's not how I work. I just saw what you did. That's not right. Don't do it again. And if I catch you doing it again, I'm going to file a report. Get it at this instant stage. Too many times we let things go because the brotherhood. You know, it's not only in the streets people don't squeal. People don't want to squeal in the police force either. You know, say something. See something, say something. Get it at its infant stage. Put it in his head that he can't get away with it. That will prevent him from escalating. Check him. If you go on a call 
And people are around. You're arresting someone. And his friends or his family's around. In the moment, they're not going to like you. If that person puts his hand behind his back and you put the cuffs on him, quietly put him in the car and drives off, drive off, while you're doing it, they're going to be calling you every name in the book. Because at that moment, you're arresting a loved one. And so that hurts them. And they're going to be upset with you. But when they go home and that adrenaline start going down, they're going to know in the back of their mind that their guy, their loved one, is a bad guy. And they're not really going to hold it against you. They know you're doing your job. They don't like you at the moment. But maybe two weeks later, you could be going down that same street and one of those guys or family members might be walking up the street and you wave and they might give you a wave back. Because in the back of their mind, they know that you're doing your job. But if you come to arrest the same guy, he puts his hand behind his back, the family's out there calling you names, you put an elbow up in the back of his head, or you slam him on the ground and punches him in his face, that guy now becomes a victim. They're not going to like what you're doing, and that guy is no longer a bad guy. He's now a victim. And so later on, when you're walking down the street and you see them, two weeks later, and you give the same wave, you're not going to get a wave. You might get something back, but it wouldn't be a wave because you brutalize their friend or their family member. So that's why you're supposed to use just enough force necessary to make the arrest. Now, what is police brutality? Police brutality is the excessive force used against a civilian. This could be both physical and verbal. Yes, a lot of people don't know this, but you can be verbally brutalized. Remember when I said the guy talked to me condescendingly? If somebody calls you out your name or all that, you know, that's verbal brutality. What are some of the reasons for brutality? You see, like I said, it starts at infant steps. And if it's, if it's not checked in the infant times, infantile, it's going to escalate. Sometimes there's no accountability. Like maybe a structural deficiency in internal investigations. If you have a police force that hardly do any internal investigations, when reports are filed, when the public complains, and the 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 the, the paperwork that the, that Joe came in and wrote on about somebody abusing him, 
just is filed and nobody looks at it, it's just going to make that police officer or whoever is doing it push that line because there's no accountability. And you know, sometimes in your job, like for instance, if you're doing something, something in the house or somewhere, and it's a really stressful, it's, you're really concentrating on it, and someone comes up next to you and call your name, you wouldn't answer them in the same manner that you would if you were relaxed on the couch watching a show. You might say, what? In that initial reaction, because your stress level is up. But this happens in the police force too. And this is why I like retraining all the time. Because sometimes people, it gets away from people, some officers. If you're running behind a suspect or chasing a suspect, your adrenaline is up, you're pumped. And if you're running behind them, you really don't know if any second they're going to turn around and start shooting. So you have that in your mind as you're closing on him. And your adrenaline is pumped and you're sweating and you, you want to get there, you know. You're watching his hands. A lot's going through your mind. And then when you get him, because your adrenaline is so pumped, this is no joke. Like I just mentioned, when you're doing something and somebody says something to you and you answer in a harsher tone than you would normally, it's because your stress level is up, because your adrenaline is up. And when your adrenaline is up, it clouds your judgment. And so once you get him on the ground, you might push a little too hard or slam him a little too hard, you know, which could go on the side of brutality, which would be unnecessary. So sometimes police officers, when they're chasing someone and they get him, they bring them down, you know, it's a difficult job. I'm not making excuses for them. I'm just telling you what is. Like I said earlier, you know, they're not, um, they're not machines. Police officers have problems. And unfortunately, some police officers cannot compartmentalize their issues. And they bring their home with them. You know, maybe their kid got kicked out of school. Maybe their mortgage they can't pay their mortgage. Or they have other financial situations that's burdening them. I am not making excuses. I think they should, they should compartment. That's why I think psychological evaluations. I think they should constantly talk to someone over their issues. Because unfortunately, some people just can't compartmentalize and they bring that stuff with them. 
they bring their home with them and they take it out on people on the street. And this is where their partners come in. See something, say something. If you know your partner is having a little issue and it's affecting his work, talk to him. Say, listen, you know, you, you got to do something about this because I'm not going to sit here and see you do this to people that, uh, you know, if he, if, he, if he started acting in a, a different manner, like getting kind of verbally abusive with his words. Because if you let that fest, it's just going to get worse. And if he talks down to someone in a condescending manner, like has been with me, you check him there. So the next time he wouldn't call him out a name. Or he wouldn't tell him to come out of the vehicle and then slam it up against the, uh, the trunk of the car. You know? But if you let that fester, it's just going to get worse. So for police officers out there, if you see your partner starting to sway a little bit, check him. Ask him questions. You know? And if it continues, report him. Because his job is to protect and serve. You know? Like that police officer that I don't know what his problem with made a traffic stop. One guy jumped out of the vehicle, ran away into a park. The police officer gave chase. He caught up to the guy. There was a little tussle. Guy got away and he started running away. Now, the guy wasn't armed. There's no evidence that he's about to go kill somebody. So at that point, if you can't catch him, if he's not a threat to the public, if you can't catch him, you have to let him go. You don't shoot him in, the ba in his back, you know, and kill him because you can't catch him. You know? But that did not start there. That might be years and years of nurturing that brutality and slowly escalating it to the point where this police officer felt it was okay to kill someone just running away from him. So I want to say to the public, the vast majority of police officers do a good job. And if you see a police officer brutalizing a civilian, it should be reported. But understand what you don't see. You don't see the good job that many police officers are doing on a daily basis. But they're like your communities. In your community, you can't tell me everyone is a saint. And police officers came from your communities.
God made us imperfect. Your community is imperfect. The police force is imperfect. They try to do the psychological evaluation and the lie detectors and uh, background investigations to try to weed out. But you know some are going to fall through the cracks. And so you're going to have this. But don't think that a majority of police officers go out there brutalizing people. They're not. And if there was some way I can get the media to just show the good side of what police officers do on a daily basis, it would certainly change the public's mind to that. But it doesn't sell. It's too boring. It doesn't sell. So that's it. To the public, if you see it, say it. If you see a police officer brutalizing anybody, you get him off the street the best way you could. Film it, put it in the newspaper, write a report in the police station, whatever. Because their job is to protect and serve. And to, vast, and to the vast majority of police officers out there, keep up the good work and try to do, try to keep that community policing going. You know, that good work that you do when you go into the community and meet the people, keep up that good work. So with that, I want to wish everybody a wonderful day. God bless. Thank you.